Capella University is rethinking higher education. With their game-changing FlexPath format, you can earn your degree on your schedule, so you can fit education seamlessly into your life. Imagine your future differently at capella.edu. In today's economy, more people than ever are looking to buy and sell businesses. But how do you do it? Welcome to The Deal Board, presented by Transworld Business Advisors. Straight talk about real deals and real people. Listen to stories, interviews, and expert advice to help your business sale, merger, or acquisition process. Now, here are your business exit experts, Andy and Jessica. Hey, welcome, everybody. And I'm not even going to say welcome back. I'm going to say welcome to 2019 or near to it. Uh, this is going to be a great show. We are going to talk about goal setting. We're going to be talking about buying a business. We're going to be talking about the this is one of the busiest times of year for this kind of activity for us. And we have some great guests on today. Jessica, I mean, everybody has that their New Year's resolution, right? Oh, yeah. And especially, I think, as entrepreneurs and business people, you know, most of our time is spent setting goals. So New Year's is a, a natural reset, but I'm sure people have goals and goal setting all year round. And I know one of our guests you interviewed talks extensively on that today. Yeah, JT, Jim Tatum from, uh, he's had such a big career at United Franchise Group, Sinorama, as president of Sinorama, uh, now opening his own Transworld franchise. He is just such an inspirational speaker. It is gold. You have to listen to this interview. And, you know, if you thought you were setting goals, uh, you probably were doing it wrong or at least not doing it like JT does it. So it's certainly a great listen and get a notepad and paper out because that's one of the things you need to do. One of the W's of gold setting, which he'll go over. So it's a great interview. Right. And JT is uh, honestly one of my favorite people to listen to speak. And every time we go to a conference, I'm very, very excited for his workshop or his keynote because he's so inspiring to listen to, like you said. And then we also have Bob House, who's the president of Biz by Sell on the show talking about what kind of activity goes on during the new year and what we can expect in 2019 related to business sales. Yeah, that's going to be a great conversation as well. So, you know, Bob has been a longtime partner and friend at Transworld and Biz by Sell is the largest marketplace for advertising businesses for sale. And we always recommend our buyers go there and check it out and give us a call with anything they see. So it's a, it's a great resource out there in the world. And Bob is certainly a great guy to talk to. Yeah. And, and we talk a little bit about it. It's always surprising, but people ask me is, do we have any seasonality in buying and selling businesses? And I say not, not too much, but the beginning of the year is by far the busiest with buyer inquiries. And the reason is because change of career or find a new job is in the top 10 resolutions every year. Um, and that kind of ripples into buying a business as well. Yeah. I would gather to say that losing weight or something like that is number one. Oh Yeah. Yeah. Well, so according to Inc. Magazine last year, number one was diet or eat healthier. Exercise more was number two. Lose weight was number three. So actually the top three resolutions were weight related. Um, but find another job or a new career was number eight on that top 10 list. Yeah, we certainly hear from people at the beginning of the year. And, you know, even if they just have downtime, right? So people are are home, they're with their family, they're kind of talking about 
you know, their goals for the year or goals in their life. And, you know, they can't help but go online and say, you know what, it's time for me to do something on my own. And it's certainly a great time to think about it. And it's a, certainly a good time to get in there. And if you're out there in the world and you're thinking about selling your business, this is the time to be on the market. So there's still time to kind of get in during the first, quote unquote, few weeks of the year and get your business on the market too. Right, right. So we have a great show ahead. Those two great interviews. We also have a great listing of the week and deal of the week to go over. So hopefully this is a great start to your year and it'll be helpful for you to set your goals for the next few months moving forward. Here's the new year. Let's hear it. Transworld Business Advisors is the world's largest business brokerage and mergers and acquisitions firm with over 500 brokers in nearly 200 offices worldwide. Transworld's team handles thousands of business sales every year. To be connected with a qualified business broker or learn more about the buying and selling process, visit tworld.com forward slash the deal board or call 888-719-9098. Hey, welcome back, everybody. And we have a very special guest today, Jim Tatum of United Franchise Group. His friends call him JT. We call him JT and we're very happy to have him. And he is with United Franchise Group, also with Transworld Business Advisors. And here at United Franchise Group and at Transworld, he's given incredible speeches about goal setting. And we are talking about getting off to a great start in the new year. And a lot of people make resolutions. And those are also goals. And I've learned a lot from JT, and I want you to hear from him directly. So with that, I'll turn it over to JT. Well, thanks, Andy. And happy to be here. Thanks for having me on the show. Always a pleasure to uh, be associated with the deal board and what you guys are doing over there at uh, Transworld Business Advisors. Uh, so as as you were talking about, you know, it coming into 2019, brand new year. And like you said, there's a lot of folks that are going to be setting uh, um, resolutions, making resolutions, setting goals for the for the coming year. And uh, I like to always try and differentiate between the two different types of people. And I, I've always said to my kids and people that I've mentored and coached that there's two types of people in the world, right? There's the people that life happens to, and there's the people that make life happen. And I refuse to be somebody who just life happens to me. I, I really want to kind of control the controllables as much as I can. And uh, so in doing that, you know, every year about this time between Christmas and New Year's, in fact, at, at the Tatum household, one of the things that we do is we go uh, we go around the room for a day and, and we spend time each person coming up with goals that they want to set and achieve in the following year. And I've been doing that since my kids were seven, eight, nine, ten 10 years old. And uh, in fact, my my oldest son, who's my third, one of the goals he had coming out of high school was he wanted to play for Bobby Bowden at Florida State University. And my friends all said to me, well, that's crazy. He's never going to do. He's going to walk onto the Florida State team because he didn't play high school football. He was a golf player. And so they said, that's it's an impossible thing. And I said, well, I'm never going to tell my kids something's imp impossible for him. We're just going to put a game plan together and he's going to work towards working and, and playing for Bobby. And uh, in the, the uh, fall semester of his first year, he tried out and he didn't make it. And so I said to him, so what are you thinking, Eli? What are you going to do? He goes, that just gives me another semester to get faster and stronger, dad. And in the spring of the following year, he walked on to Florida State and he played for three years as a walk-on. So anything is possible if you have the right gumption and you, and you, 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 you put a, a game plan together. So, you know, it, it's the difference for us 
whether it's in business or in personal life, between being a goal setter and being a goal getter. And it, just about anybody can set goals. In fact, uh, I listen to a lot of uh, goal setting and goal getting from Zig Ziglar, from Brian Tracy, from people who've been around doing this much longer than you and I have been doing it. Uh, and one of the things that Brian talks about is, you know, being in the top 1%, the top two or 3% of people in the world. And most people, if you're in a crowded room and you said, hey, how many people in the room have a goal? Raise your hands. Everybody in the room would probably raise your hand. And if you said to them, now keep your hand up if you have the goals written down, about 50% of the people in the room are going to drop their hand. And then if you said to those people who saw their hands up and those of you who have your hands up and have them written down, how many have you have, have them with you? Uh, another 50% will lower their hands. And then if you ask those people who are still remaining and how many of you have looked at them because you keep them with you every day, you typically wind up with about 10% of those people with their hands still up. So what's the difference between being a goal setter and a goal getter? The first thing is obviously that you write them down and you have a, a, a clear mindset of where you want to go, uh, whether it's in the next year or the, you know, the short-term goals might be the next six months, a year, maybe a year and a half. Long-term goals might take you further out than that. And uh, I can remember one of the first goal-setting sessions and goal-getting sessions I went through was with a, a guy who said to me, I want you to plan your life as though you're going to live to be 100. And he said, the first thing I want you to do is write down all the major accomplishments that have happened up to you, uh, you know, in your life up to this time. And so at the time I was about 30, 35 years old and I wrote things like I got married and I had kids and, and I uh, graduated, you know, from high school and I played sports, et cetera, et cetera. And he said, the reason you do that first is to prove to yourself that you can accomplish things and you need to have some, some, some hooks, some things that you can kind of anchor to, to say, Hey, I have been successful in the past, but then going forward, you know, if you look at yourself, Andy, you're, you know, in your early fifties probably. And so am I, and we look at our, our life ahead and you say, geez, if I, if I was going to live to be a hundred, what could I accomplish in another 45 or 50 years, especially knowing what I know today? because I really probably wouldn't count the first 20 or 25 years as having accomplished a whole heck of a lot for myself. But, you know, learning from those things, if I put together a game plan of what's going to happen between now and the time I live to be 100, I have a list of 255 things that I want to accomplish between now and September 11th, 19, or sorry, 2065, because that's when 100 would be. Now, the bottom line is, am I going to live to be 100? I don't know. I don't control that. But what I do control are certain things that would put me in a position to be 100 if I did everything correctly. And the things that are in control are things like my health and what I choose to eat and how I choose to take care of myself and do I get enough rest and, and, and how much stress do I allow into my life, et cetera, et cetera. So one of the first things I'd give your listeners today is, hey, you know, take out a blank sheet of paper and just write out the things that you've accomplished up till, up till today and then make a list of things that you'd like to accomplish over the course of the next 30, 40, 50 years, however many years you'd have left between now and, and reaching 100. And when I show people my list of 255 things, they say, that, that's a lot. But the reality is if I have 50 years left and I accomplish five things a year, that's 250 things. So it's really not that far out and that's not that far reaching to be able to get to that point. So I created a thing called the Excellent Life Planner some time ago, and it helped me to start with my life goals, and then I break those down into, you know, one, three, five, and 10-year objectives, and then I break those down into what I'm going to accomplish for the next 12 months. And that's really the go forward for the, the folks that are listening today. If you were to say, 
let's just start off if you don't want to do the whole hundred year thing, but in the next 12 months, what do you want to accomplish? What are, what's one thing you want to accomplish in your home life with your spouse or significant other or somebody in your family? What's one thing you want to accomplish in your career? What's one financial goal you want to set? What's one fitness or health goal you want to set? What's one spiritual goal you want to set? What's one, uh, you know, mental goal? You want to read a book, you want to learn a language, whatever those things might be. You might wind up with eight or 10 things that you want to accomplish over the course of a year. And then, formulate a game plan for them. And that's what the Excellent Life Planner allows you to do. It it follows these, what I like to call the eight steps of goal setting. So the first of those eight steps is, uh, it's a W and the first word is write. And that means just write it down. What what do you want to accomplish? Because you probably heard the expression that, you know, dreams or goals that were never written down. So if you don't put it down on paper, you don't share with anybody at any point in time, there's no accountability to it. You're probably not going to achieve it. But the first thing to do is write it down. And then the second thing, the second W of goal setting is, is write out why, you know, in one sentence, be able to state why you want to accomplish that specific goal that you wrote down. Because if you can't verbalize a good reason why you should do it, you probably shouldn't. But if you can come up with a good reason why you should, it'll give you some, some, some energy and some motivation when things get tough and they, and they will from time to time to remember the reason why I set out to do that. You know, I set out to be healthy and to weigh a certain amount of weight and to have a, you know, a certain uh, cholesterol level, et cetera, because I want to see my six grandkids grow up. I want to be able to run out in the field with them and not get winded and fall over because I'm not in good health. That's a good, that's a good why for me. Uh, the, the third W of goal getting is where, where are the obstacles that are going to come in, 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 in the way, what's going to block you or stop you from achieving the goal? Because if you, hit an obstacle, the time to have a game plan is before you need it. So you don't want to hit the obstacle and then have to figure out, okay, what am I supposed to do now? Think a little bit about what some of those obstacles are going to be, the mountains that you're going to have to climb to get to the goal and have a game plan for for when those show up. So you've got number one, right? Number two, why? Number three, where? The fourth W is what? What skills or abilities or talents, what things am I going to have to learn that I don't already know how to do? in order to be able to be a goal getter? Um, Is there a class I need to take? Is there a a podcast I need to listen to? Is there a book I need to read? Something that needs to teach me the skill that I need to be able to achieve that goal that I've, that I've, that, that I've set for myself. And then number five W is who asking yourself, who can help me get there? None of us are super people. You know, we don't take off our shirt and we have a red cape and a big S on our chest. So we're going to need some help from other people. Make a list of who those people are that can really help you get there. And then make sure you, you call them, you speak to them and say, here's what I'm looking to do. And can you, can you help me? Can you be a part of, of my journey? And you'd be surprised. Most people want to be able to help you achieve some really significant things in your life. Then we go to number six on the eight W's of goals, goal getting, and that's the way. This is the plan. This is, this is the second hardest piece of it. The, the first hardest piece is number three, where you identify the obstacles, because most people see that as negative and they don't want to do that. But number six is where the real work comes in. This is where you got to put the game plan together. And you start thinking about all the different steps that you'd have to take and putting dates next to them and what resources you'd have to use to be able to achieve the goal. This is the planning stage. And this takes work. And a lot of times people will quit here because it just takes a little you know, brain power to put it down a game plan. Uh, and when you, when you take the game plan, you're going to go right into step number seven, which is when, that's the seventh W, that's the date. When do you want to have the goal accomplished by? And more importantly, when do you have to accomplish each of those steps along the way in step number six? And so you got number one, right. Number two, why? Number three, where? 
are the obstacles. Number four, what do I need to learn? Number five, who's going to help me? Number six, what's the way, the plan that's going to get me there? Number seven, when do I want to accomplish the goal by and the each step? And the eight W is, is work. That's actually do something. So you can have this great game plan. You can put all these things in on your calendar, but if you don't wake up every day and do whatever pops up in your day planner, your day timer, your outlook, whatever, and that's where those those steps in, in, in number six wound up. They wound up on your calendar. If you don't do the work as it comes up, you'll never hit, you'll never hit the goal. So just some real quick ideas as to how you can get from where you are today end of 2018, going into 2019 to where you want to be December 31st, 2019, you know, you follow the eight steps of uh, the eight W's of goal getting and, and you got a really good shot at being able to accomplish some pretty cool things in 2019 and beyond. Wow. JT, that was amazing. That's why we, I love hearing you speak and I am looking forward to making my goals for 2019. I hope everybody out there is equally as motivated to go out there and put down their AWs and have their excellent life planner and get it together and uh, go out there and uh, be really successful. Thank you so much, JT. Anytime. And thanks for having me. And, uh, you know, if anybody has questions on this and they want to shoot me an email, just give me a JT Tatum, T-A-T-E-M at tworld.com. Hey, Andy, you know what time I think it is? I think it's time to talk about our deal of the week. Deal of the week. And we're back with Deal of the Week. And this week we have Marty Fishman, and he is going to talk about a very interesting deal. And, you know, we talk a lot about time kills all deals, or at least tries to kill all deals. And this is a, a case in point of a good business, a great business uh, that Marty was handling, and it just took a long time for the seller and eventually the buyer to come together. Uh, but Marty has a, a, a tale of a little bit of almost woe, but we got the deal done and that's what Transworld's really good at. And this is about a bus tour business. So uh, here's Marty. Thanks, Andy. Yeah, this is a 40-year-old established uh, bus transportation tour business. Uh, when I took the listing, uh, we listed it at $850,000, making $200,000 a year, including a couple hundred thousand dollars worth of equipment. And when I took the listing, I got it pre-approved for lender financing. I got some interest in the business from some buyers that were in the uh, space already, and I found one from out of the country that wanted a um, a, um, a, um, a platform in South Florida. So when we first started talking about the opportunity, we had it uh, and got it to a letter of intent and a contract at three hundred thousand uh, uh, dollars with a couple hundred thousand dollars worth of equipment. Uh, time went on. The, the seller's books and records were messy. Uh, the, the seller had some health issues. And as time went on, the business deteriorated. And uh, the buyer found that the, uh, the, the seller's neglect to the equipment made him a little bit uh, less interested in the, the opportunity. But uh, as a broker, I kept both parties involved. And um, uh, the value of the business, uh, actually, the buyer actually canceled the deal and went away for a couple of weeks. And with me uh, contacting both parties and trying to get them back to the table, we did get them back to the table. The buyer said, look, I'm not interested in your equipment. And, of course, the business is no longer uh, qualifying for, for lender financing because the uh, conditions of the financials. But uh, what we originally took at, at an $850,000 listing, we were able to get the seller something 
he was able to actually uh, sell his equipment uh, outside of, of, of the uh, transaction, but we were able to get him $58,000 um, uh, for his goodwill because of the deterioration of his, um, of his business. Well, that's a great, great case study in uh, Time Kills All Deals. And if you're a seller and you're a baby boomer and uh, time is ticking away, uh, it is certainly time for you to take a look at it's maybe time to sell your business and planning is key and getting it done before assets and before your financials deteriorate. Thank you so much, Marty, for coming on today. Thank you, Andy. Welcome back, everybody. And today, as you know, we're talking about New Year's and planning and resolutions and all that good stuff. And as Andy and I mentioned, one of the biggest New Year's resolutions every year is change of career or looking for a new job. So exploring that, today we have with us Bob House, who's the president of the Business for Sale division at CoStar Group, which includes Biz by Sell and BizQuest, which we talk a lot about on the show. So Bob, welcome to the show. Thanks for being part of it today. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. So let's just kick it off. Why don't you tell the listeners a little bit, for those who are not familiar with BizBuySell and BizQuest, what it, what do the websites do and how are they helpful in searching for a business for sale? Sure. Yeah, well, BizBuySell and BizQuest are the top two business opportunity websites in North America. We have you know the most listings and traffic. Um, so it's a very a large selection of, uh, of inventory that you can search and find a business to buy. Uh, we were just a marketplace, so we're a platform to search for these opportunities uh, online and provide a bunch of tools that allow buyers to filter and, and hone their search for the type of business they're looking for. Great. And Biz by Sell, BizQuest, you guys have been such a great partner to Transworld and you know, really drive a lot of traffic to our listings, but also give us a lot of advice. So now I'm going to turn that back on to you is, you know, if, if someone out there is listening to the show and they are part of that demographic that they're looking for a change of career and they're looking to buy a business for the first time, what kind of advice would you give them and how to start and manage their search? Sure. Um, well, so, uh, you know, I think it starts with assessing and knowing yourself, you know, assessing your skills, your interests, the type of work that you'd be happiest and most successful doing. Um, that, that is the foundation of your search. Um, and, and from there, you probably want to understand your financial situation and be prepared to qualify yourself from both a financial and a skill standpoint to uh, you know, business owners who, who will value both your financial capabilities as well as your skills and your, your fit with uh, ensuring their uh, business will be successful going forward. Um, you know, it's free to search on our website. So I always encourage buyers to explore, check out a number of different of types of businesses to help hone what your best fit is. It's free to search. So you can, you know, look through the inventory and contact uh, the brokers that are uh, representing those businesses and go see them. Um, it's important to remember that, you know, you don't buy the first house you look at or marry the first person you date. So the same applies to buying a business. Um, very, there, very true. Yeah, Exactly. Um, you know, I think, you know, last couple of pieces of advice is, you know, determine what you can bring to that business that the current owner isn't capitalizing on. This is your value add and where you're going to. And you won't pay for that necessarily as these businesses are valued off of kind of their past performance and, and, and uh, you know, the revenue and profit that they generate. Um, so what are you going to bring to it? 
Um, and then finally, you know, you got to do your research and do the due diligence to make sure that you, know, you found an opportunity that provides the, the cash flow and the growth opportunity that you need. Because at the end of the day, um, this is not just a lifestyle. This has got to provide a living and, and provide that a, um, a return on your investment ultimately so that one day when you sell, you, you uh, can uh, capitalize on that. Yeah. All, all great pieces of advice, you know, really doing the research and we call it window shopping, right? It's okay to window shop, especially if it's your first search, you might not know exactly what you're looking for and there's no harm in looking, you know, and, and, and like you said, do due, due diligence on the seller side and also on, on yourself of, you know, what's the growth opportunity you're going to bring to it and how can you make the business excel? So almost kind of developing a sales plan for yourself to moving forward and, Talking about sales plan, tell us a little bit about trends in the industries right now and, and what you guys are seeing on Biz by Sell. I mean, we've seen a, a seller's market for the last few years. Is that what you guys are seeing um, from the competitive reports you, you produce and the traffic to the site? Or what do you expect for 2019? Yeah, that's a great question. We do track this um, information through our uh, insight reports, which you can find on our website or by Googling Biz by Sell insight report. And it shows trends and transactions and the sizes of these businesses that are selling and the numbers selling and kind of sales prices and all the multiples. And I mean, it's been a very active marketplace in the last couple of years um, and this year is no exception. And it's things have continued to accelerate. Uh, lots of baby boomers are looking to exit. And so there's a, a great um, supply of businesses on the marketplace. Um, and because they've been performing well and fetching, we're um, generating more uh, cash flow. They're fetching higher prices, and that's giving buyers you know, confidence to act, uh, particularly with still relatively low interest rates and access to capital that's available. So, you know, we expect a continuation of that um, trend. We haven't seen any signs yet that it's starting to uh, slow down. It's interesting you say seller's market or buyer's market. We, we, we recently surveyed uh, both owners and, and brokers um, and we get a pretty balanced response when we ask that question. Do you think it's a buyer's or a seller's market? Owners um, tend to skew a little bit towards the owner. They believe it's a seller's market, and, and the brokers that we survey uh, think it might be a slight buyer's uh, market, but it, they're, they're pretty close to even. Um, there's not a huge difference between uh, those sentiments. What about um, in terms of industry or geography? Do you see any industries that are stronger than others or any areas of the country that are outperforming others? Or is it pretty much strong all, all the way around? Um, yeah, it's, uh, they, from a regional standpoint, our, our top areas tend to follow where the population centers are. So you know, our, our most active market, markets are you know, the biggest states, you know, California, New York, Texas, and Florida. Um, it, it really does correspond with where population is because where there's population, there's businesses and, and there's buyers for those businesses. Um, and they seem to be, there are some regional differences. I don't have the update. Um, we do look at that quarterly and we'll probably be looking at that again here when Q4 wraps up and look at the, the regional differences. But I, I don't recall any large regional differences that um, came out from the last report. Um, in terms of categories, you know, you can look on the site and see that we have hundreds of categories across a range of business types, and uh, they they really you can really find anything. But there's certainly a lot of interest and in inventory around traditional uh, small business. When you think of 
that in, in the United States. We have you know, restaurants is a very popular category, retail, service businesses, um, manufacturing, lots of small manufacturing uh, firms are, are available, uh, wholesalers, routes and distributors, uh, you know, automotive category, you know, both repair, dealerships, gas stations, things like that, online businesses. Um, you know, it really, you know, I could go down the list, but you know, anything from fitness centers to car washes to convenience stores, we, we have it all. Um, so, you know, those are some of the more popular categories that I, I just listed. Um, but again, you know, there's, there's a lot of activity across a range of categories. Great. Well, that, and that's good for both buyers and sellers. And yeah, I would definitely encourage the listeners to check out those insight reports. They're a host of great information. They come out at the end of every quarter, like Bob said. Um, and we'll, we'll link to the last, uh, the latest one in our show notes too. So if the listeners want to check that out. So kind of looking at time of year, Bob, I mean, as the turn of the year is coming, you know, literally today, do you see seasonality in this business? Are there more buyer inquiries and in, say the first quarter of the year related to goal setting and resolutions, or is, is it pretty steady all year long? No, it is. There is some seasonality to it. We see it every year. Um, it, uh, you know, it, it, it does uh, slow down around the holidays as people are preoccupied with other things as we all are busy with our holiday events and <laughs> holiday shopping. But um, it, it really picks up almost the day after Christmas and then really accelerates um, after New Year's. And it's kind of like a joining a gym. Um, the, the New Year is when people decide that they're going to get in shape or change jobs or buy a business. And so we do see a lot of um, interest and activity in the first few months of the year. The first quarter is very strong. And it's generally strong for the you know first half of the year until um, kids get out of school, and then we we see a little bit lower um, activity in kind of July and August as people are off on their summer um, vacations and kids are out of school, and, and and then it picks back up once it literally picks up again once school uh, starts back up in August, and then we see it really strong through you know there's a surge if you will or um, you know, a lot of activity that runs through September, October into mid-November. And then of course, again, with the holidays, uh, Thanksgiving and, and through Christmas, it tends to be, uh, uh, starts to wind down a bit. So yeah, there's definite seasonality and a definite, um, there's, there's a lot of interest around the beginning of the year. Yeah. Yeah. So, and that's, you know, similar to what we see on our side as brokers. And, you know, I read recently, there's a new thing called the Labor Day resolution or back to school resolution, which might be for that, like kick up in, in September once everybody's refocused and kids are back in school. But definitely the beginning of the year is such a busy time and important um, that we tell our sellers, if, you, if you're going to sell your business, you want to be in the market on the first quarter of the year. So before we wrap up, related to that point, Bob, we talked a lot about buyers and data and stats. If, if you did give sellers or people listing the, their business for sale any advice, what are some key pieces of advice you'd give them? Well, the first thing I guess I'd caveat this with is we're not the professionals here. We don't get involved in the deals, although there's sometimes confusion with our websites. We're not brokers and uh, you know, brokers are our customers and advertise their inventory on our platform. So with that said, uh, Transworld and other brokerage firms are really the experts here, but, you know, we ha do have um, experience in this industry. And I think the general advice we give sellers is, you know, one, try to plan it in advance if you can, uh, one to two years, ideally, um, so you have 
time to really understand business value, your business value and the drivers of it. And you have time to maybe work on those drivers to improve your business value. Um, other things that you need to do when you know you go to sell is make sure you've documented all your processes. You've locked in key suppliers and employees and, and customers if possible and empower your employees um, and have in place a strong management team that will let you start to step back, which is what you're going to have to do if you're able to uh, sell your business. You're going to have to transfer it to another owner and they're going to want to have confidence that, uh, that you are not the business and that you can uh, transfer that asset. So, you know, there's a lot of work in terms of getting your financials in order and the business in kind of uh, show shape, if you will, uh, you know, a decent curb appeal when you get to that point of having uh, buyers who, who want to, you know, come in and, and see the operation. And then, of course, you know, having the right advisors on hand is key. Um, that includes you know, not only your accountant and attorney, but a broker who can represent your interests and, and market your business while you focus on running it and keeping the value high. So those are some kind of general thoughts on, on what we uh, you know, think sellers should be thinking about when they, uh, as they prepare to exit. Great, great advice. And yeah, I would echo very similar thoughts if someone were to ask me and, you know, the right advisors are key and the right marketing is key. You know, one thing I've learned um, a lot about from you is how the right marketing can drive more buyer inquiries to your listing and better buyer inquiries. So partnering with the right advisor to help with that marketing strategy is is very key, whether that's Transworld or someone else. Absolutely. Well, yes. Yeah, we, see, we, yeah. see, we see a big difference in, in, how well an opportunity is represented and the response that it gets. So you want to make sure that uh, you are well represented um, in your listing. Well, Bob, thank you so much for joining me today. Um, If anybody has any further questions about BizBuySell or BizQuest, we are going to drop those links down into our show notes as well as a link to the last Insight report for some stats in the market. But Bob, Happy New Year and thank you for being on the show again. Happy New Year to you. Thanks for having me. Hey, Jessica, you know what time it is? Money time? Almost. It's time for Listing of the Week. Hey there, everybody. Today, joining us for our Listing of the Week for our New Year's show is Mike Berry from our Indiana office. Mike, thank you so much for joining us on the show and welcome. Thanks, Jessica. I appreciate being on your show. Great. Well, so Mike has a listing to share with us and it's a winery. Mike, I'll let you tell us a little bit about this listing that you have available for sale. Yeah, this is a wonderful winery uh, in the state of Indiana and and it doesn't get much better than this as far as the state of Indiana's wines go. Uh, Although I would say Midwest is probably in the same concern, but this is a business that's been around for about 10 years. They are they bring in California grapes to do California red wines, which is pretty rare here in Indiana and the Midwest. And they do regional white varietals for uh, the rest of their portfolio of, of, of wines. But uh, overall, these guys do a wonderful job in the winery business and have built a great business over the last 10 years. Well, Mike, it sounds like a great listing and a great business for sale. And, you know, a theme of this these holiday shows that we've been doing is investigating businesses that have spikes in revenue or seasonality increases throughout the year. And I would assume wine, New Year's, you know, people drink during New Year's. I assume they get a little bit of spike in business this time of year. Is, is that accurate? That's correct, Jessica. Actually, uh, throughout the whole holiday season, they get a little bit of boost in revenue. But as you know, the, as they've released their wines in the fall, the fall is their bigger time of the year. But you go through a little bit of a lull, and then you go back into the holiday season. And then uh, as the families come home, as kids come home from college, it's it's a great place for 
people to go. So it, it does get a nice spike during the holiday season. Good, good. Well, and I assume it does very well all year round. I mean, people drink all year for different reasons and wine lovers never, never cease to buy wine in any type of season, right? That's true. That is true. Especially with, uh, you know, the, the programs that they have in place for um, mail orders and the places they do for private labeling and things like that. So it really is a year round type of revenue stream, although they do see a little bit of a spike this time of year. Nice. Well, it's good they have the diversified income streams with the private labeling and wine clubs. So let's get into the nitty gritty, the stuff that the listeners always want to hear. Let's talk about the financials. What's the business listed for? Um, you know, what's the SDE that a new owner can expect and anything else that's included in the sale? Certainly, uh, business today is listed for $2 million. That includes a big chunk of the wine business, as you know, is $650,000 of inventory. And that inventory will move around during the season. Um, but you can do $1.4 million and buy it straight out. Or or if you want to include the inventory, it'll be around $2 million. Uh, that includes all of the equipment, uh, all of the everything uh, that goes along with operating the business. But the property and the land, a 20-acre tract uh, along I-80, by the way, is uh, uh, going to be a million dollars uh, additional price. So it's um, along with that, um, the owners are actually... Uh, willing to t- toss in four to four to six weeks of training and transition as any business and certainly willing to sign a non-compete as well. Mm, sounds like a d- good deal. And what, what would the SDE number be on this or what could a new owner expect to cash flow? Oh, that's a, that's a great question. Um, as of last year, the SDE on this was uh, around 800,000. We're expecting um, in 18 that this is going to be around 900,000 of SDE which is roughly 28 to 30%, depending on where the top line comes in, which, as you know, Jessica, is a pretty good earning and cash flowing business. Yeah, very good earning and cash flowing business, especially in that industry. So it sounds like a really great opportunity. If anybody wants to learn more about this business, Mike, how can they get in touch with you? Oh, that's wonderful. Uh, uh, Mike Berry, Transworld of Indiana. Um, one of the places you can get a hold of me is my email is mike.berry at tworld.com. Or please call the office here as well, 317 317- Great. And we'll put those in the show notes for the listeners as well as a link to the business listing. Thank you again so much, Mike, for joining us today and sharing this winery with us. Thanks, Jessica. I appreciate the opportunity and happy holidays to you and your, your family as well. Happy holidays. Thanks for tuning into our show today. If you like the podcast, don't forget to subscribe through your favorite podcasting app and leave us a review. If you have questions or suggestions for the show, visit us at tworld slash the deal board or email us at the deal board at tworld.com. You might not realize it, but life has a soundtrack. For most of us, it sounds a bit like. But you can always change the station. In hundreds of Delta Airlines destinations, you can turn your soundtrack into a global chorus. Delta. Keep climbing. Capella University is rethinking higher education. With their game-changing FlexPath format, you can earn your degree on your schedule, so you can fit education seamlessly into your life. Imagine your future differently at capella.edu.